Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... Town Podcast, episode 199. What's going on, bro? Dude, I'm, I've been so busy, I lost count. I didn't realize we were that close to 200. <laughs> you remember how when we were starting, like, the first few... Like, uh, sorry, sorry. It's I was like, dude, you know, this is going to be on 115. Next thing you know, we're going to be on 200. And I did that, like, four or five sh- shows in a row, and I was like, wait a second. Well, we're going to do it one more show. Yeah, it's getting I- annoying. I got to cut the crap. It's actually 198, dude, so my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's all right um maybe we'll cut that shit out in post but uh, yeah bro it's been a while i know you've been gone and everybody's been missing you um you know you're you're home in florida take care of your stuff man and uh you know i just wanted to um you know see what's going on with you man Dude, so much stuff has happened since uh since our last podcast really we skipped a couple of weeks right yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I went down and, um, you know, luckily the hurricane missed my dad and I. Uh, we were really safe. Dude, it was a beautiful sunny day and we got some wind. That was it. Yeah, um, I know. I know on the other side, like uh, our buddy um, Sinclair the Vandal, I was seeing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he didn't have power for a few, for for a long time. So. Feeling for you, Sinclair, man. Um, anyway, the craziest thing that happened. Um, <laughs> so. I guess I don't remember exactly how long ago. It's maybe a, a few weeks ago. I was up at about 2.30, um, getting ready to go to bed. And I just happened to look out front and I saw a couple of guys walking around in cars. And, you know, part of me wanted to go out there and, you know, chase him down. But I'm like, no, that's, you can't do that. You know, these, these guys might, you know, attack you. You're too old to do this crap. And so I, uh, I grabbed my wife's keys and I hit the alarm button on it. You know to lock the doors and so the thing blinked and they're like oh, we took off mm. um yeah, good call actually <laughs> well dude i mean i can't i can't let myself be ruled by the ways that i used to feel and, and act you know yeah exactly um, a younger man but just... but dude i gotta i gotta get through this story i'm sorry bro so um i got this little air gun for my son you know the soft airsoft uh little pistol that shoots the little plastic uh bb's and, um, you know, he lost interest in it and whatever. And so I, I had it. And so after that happened with the guys in the cars, it had orange all over it and you could tell it's a toy. So I just painted the whole thing black. So it looks like, a, it looks like a real gun. I don't think you're allowed to do that, man. But I mean, you know what? I don't care. Well, yeah. I know I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Now I know, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I got rid of the thing already because you know what happened. I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. So, um, dude, it was like, week and a half ago maybe it was in between times like i, I went home and then i came back and then i went home again so this is um, in la yes this is in la here at the house and i come out of the uh, the office here in the, in the in the backyard and um i hear what i hear is a guy yelling i ain't jumping that fucking fence and i'm like dude that sounds like it's you know right on the other side of that fence and uh you know the other guy's like shh so let's look at the other side. And the way our house is, each side of the house has a gate. One side of the lock is on this side. The other side of the lock is on the outside so that the gardener can come in that gate. So these guys were walking over to that side, to that gate. And so I, I came here. I grabbed that little, you know, airsoft pistol and ran over to the other side of the house. And I'm, you know, slowly walking up. 
And um, I totally forgot that there is a, a motion sensor light on that side of the house. And so I'm like, you know, trying to sneak up on the, on the fence. And okay, before I tell this part, I have a, a ladder that I sit on this side of the fence so I can reach over and unlock the lock if I want to go this way instead of going through the house. And my plan was to, you know, kind of creep up on that thing and, and you know, get a good look at them. And all of a sudden that light comes on and this is like, fuck man, a light just came on. And then dude, my heart just went boom, 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 boom. And so I just, I ran over to the uh, ladder, jumped up on the ladder, came over the ladder, pointed the gun at the two guys and said, get the fuck out of here. Holy shit. And they're like, fuck, no, 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 and took off. Well, fuck, I'm glad. And dude, I have never been so scared in my life. And the reason why I was scared was because I had a fake gun. Yeah. If it had been real, like I kind of, you know, like I grew up with, I would have been, I would not have been, I would have been, you know, pumped up and everything. But dude, I was, oh my God. You know, it took me like a few days, a week or so before I was sleeping right again after that. Well, bro, I'm I'm really, thank you for sharing that. And I'm really That's happy. all I have to say for now. Um, let's uh, let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but trust me, I've I've learned from this situation. Just one last thing. Um, I'm never going to use that that you know fake thing again. Threw it away, and uh, I promise you that situation will never happen again. We got some signs put up that say, um, uh, you know, cameras and with armed response, and there you go. Well, I mean. Like I said, I'm I'm glad the the gun, you know, you know, helped you in this situation, even if it was fake, man. Because like I wouldn't have. Well, dude, I don't even know if I was gonna do that. You know what I mean? That was kind of the plan. But you know, when things go on, you just whenever the moment happens, you you do what you do what you do, and it was not really. Oh man, crime is just really. When the light went on, man, I just um, that is what really freaked me out. And I, I did something that I did not want to do. And it scared the shit out of me. And I'm never going to do that again. What are you, what are you saying? Well, why are you saying you're never going to do that again? Like never threaten another person? Or what do you mean by that? No, 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 no. Like uh, this house we're in right now, um, you know, I'm probably going to be here like uh, maybe two or three more months. And then I'll be in a different location. Mm. Um, and we're only in this house until June anyway. We had a one-year lease. Um, and I think that if these guys had seen the signs that we have up now, they say, you know, uh, cameras, you know, with armed response, they wouldn't have even looked at the house, you know? Because, you know, why would they? This, this one didn't have any signs or anything, you know? So. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, man, I'm glad you're okay. That's all that's all that... Uh... Uh, matters man and uh you know. that's a little thing little thing of what is going on since i talked to you last but um well i mean like i said i've I missed you man <laughs> you know we, we, i've we, missed me too <laughs> <laughs> i've missed me you know here and you're talking to you and everything yeah, but, um, yeah. well dude, about something else well yeah man shit well <laughs> this is the first time i'm here about this ladies and gentlemen so uh and by the way, teacher's in his new um, yes. studio, and that's why it sounds like he's in a bathroom right now. And, uh, you know, this is the best we can well, do. It's, it's fair. It has, look, you know, I'll show you. Like, okay, look. See? Yeah. There is nothing in here. Yeah, that's why you got to. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep on working on the, the, the sound, guys. So uh, Let's we... see what I'm done with it, man. It's going to be very, very cool. And it's only going to take me like a, a day and a half. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I'm still recovering from your fucking story, man. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm glad you're okay, man. I am too, man. I mean, I really. But, you know, not, honestly, now that we were going to get cameras, you know, and put them up. But then we thought about it. It's like the cameras are not going to prevent the situation. Okay. The fact that we have well, a camera, we get to film whoever killed us. Woohoo! You know, that's going to help a lot. Like I said, but right now, the crime situation is just really bad in L.A., man. And, uh, it, you know, I, I think uh, it's... Well, dude, there's spots. Every every city, every city and every state in this country and in the world, there are good spots and there are bad spots. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, look, I was looking at maybe uh, 
you know, buying a proper like a apartment in the city just so I don't have to travel all the way from Orange County all the time. You, you know what I mean? And uh, I was just taking a look. Oh, there's a nice apartment here in Chinatown. And then I just Googled the crime in that area. It's up 634 percent, man. Like that is just uh, it's fucking ridiculous, man. So uh, um, anyways, that that was off the uh, off the question out of the question, you know. But anyways, man, let's talk about something you know, uh, a little bit lighter, man, because, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, activism for a second. <laughs> OK, because like, you know, we do our special guest today. Our, <laughs> our special guest today is uh, our activist. And, uh, you know, leading into the topic, I wanted to bring up, you know, lately there's been a trend of people gluing their fucking hands. Oh, man, that's uh, going to paint on the uh, on the pieces. OK, yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, you know what? Dude? They've been getting attention. So. Well, okay. As as an artist, how do I want? I wanted to ask, like, how you felt about this because, dude, I would be honored if I had a piece in a museum and someone threw some paint on it. You know what I mean? Like that's they're saying that my work is, um, you know, good enough to where them messing with it is going to get attention. You know, (laughs) that's only going to make my other work worth even more. Yeah, you know, this is a a trend now, you know, and then people are like gluing themselves to uh, the Porsche Museum. You know, I visited the Porsche Museum, too, you know, and. uh, Oh, it's not showing me. It's not showing me the pictures. It's not showing you the pictures. Um, No. Okay, well. Anyways, uh, I, I have it up. Um, so, so you're okay with this, basically. You're you're telling me you're telling me it's okay, basically. Basically, you're okay with this art protest, because to Dude, me, I'm an artist. I'm an artist that does work in the streets. Okay, so it's nothing new for me. I don't know, man. I I, I personally think that uh, for me personally, I feel like these are fucking some dumbass kids who want attention. Everybody knows about climate change, and we're working on what does this actually have. To do to help i agree with change. you there though i have mixed emotions <laughs> on it i have mixed feelings on it and i absolutely agree with you on that you know it's, like, you know, it's just like now they're just oh ruining, really is that a fact well, they're just ruining that. classic pieces of art man you know what i mean in the name of social media saying that they're trying to raise awareness like what is the but awareness what they're accomplishing more is what i just said they're accomplishing more for the artist by making their work more valuable than they are for whatever mm-hmm. cause it is that they're trying to bring attention to. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Right? That's, a, that's a good alternative point. You, you know what I mean? And I'm trying I, to find a positive way of seeing things <laughs> if possible. Well, like I said, Not I was just. Possible, you know? Well, like I said today, since it was uh, you know, we have our friend uh, Plastics Jesus coming on. I love that guy, man. And uh, you know, I just. Hey, when was the last time he was on? Well, it's been a while, and you know, let's just bring him out in. I don't remember, but I think it was in the first 100 episodes, man. So, uh, you know, it's been a while. Maybe he knows. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Let's dance to the song we're playing on the radio. Welcome, Nick. There you go. So that's the alternative. What's better? Oh, dude. Well, this is Jake. This is Jacob's bedroom. So you got the drum kit over there. And oh, I love it. I love all it. Kinds of, all kinds of shit everywhere. So, yeah. Well, he's at soccer. Well, well, first of all, whenever we have a uh, British accent on the podcast, it's always more captivating and more convincing to Americans. Right? It's so, already uh... more interesting. <laughs> well, I should have like uh, a red telephone box here and uh you know i don't know what else a cup of tea on the go here as well on the, on the, on the, on the desk guys well theater of the mind you know what i mean so yeah. like i said you you could definitely uh be having that but um you yeah. know welcome so much back to the show man it's been so thank long you. thank you thank you hey sorry uh, we were talking about it before you came on um you know first of all thanks thank you so much for your time nick and i really appreciate it it's so good seeing you but do you remember what episode it was that we had you on it was one up. of the early ones. I don't know. Um, or about how long ago it was? Um, it's about four dude, years I'm ago. Glad, because I'm the same way. I'm like, dude, it's been a long time. I'll look it up. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's got to, it's got to be four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It can't be. Holy cow, man! A lot's happened for you since then. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't know what you think. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you thinking of? Well, if I remember correctly, before uh, when we had the uh, the podcast the last time, um, I guess what would what would you call Jacob? Is he would he be your stepson or he's my step? Yeah, my, I, I call him my son now. I mean, we're over that kind of whole step. Son, yeah, because I don't know at what point it, it feels comfortable to do that. I mean, how long did you know were you there with him before you felt comfortable and he was like calling you dad? Well. I mean, that kind of took a while. It was not something that I pushed either. I just noticed, I think for convenience, he was referring to me to friends as, oh, my dad, my daddy's taking us, my daddy's picking up. And I was more than, you know, when they do that, you think, oh, actually, I'm, I'm quite touched by this, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. That's cool. But I think fairly early on in our relationship, you know, stepchildren stepdads you know there can always be that friction because you're not their real dad and yeah fairly... especially what time what age you come in you know yeah so jacob was seven six when i came into his life i think we moved into a house me and michelle you know um probably a year 18 months after that and i remember one time michelle was away for the weekend and jacob's being a little fucker and he actually came to me and <laughs> i told him something or you know and he said, you're not even my real dad. And I, I knew it was going to come at some point. Oh, yes, of course. Man. Yeah. So <laughs> I just replied, Jacob, you're not even my real son. <laughs> and, and with that, Sorry, he, I, he, I found that just so snarky and uh, dry. Yeah. I love it. I don't mean to be insensitive of a series. Yeah, I know. I know. Finish, but, finish, well, he went off to his bedroom. 20 minutes later, he came back and apologized. I so, love that. You know, and it's just... Just little things like, you know, Father's Day, he bought me a, a coffee mug, which says uh, the best father in the goddamn world and things like that. So referring, <laughs> to, me as, referring to me as dad and, and little things like that. And, you know, yeah, it's great. So touching even well, dude, there is a, a big difference between being a dad and him calling you dad as opposed to father. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yes, father. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as, as a child when my mother used to nag me senseless, I just used to say, yes, mother in a very condescending way, and she knew what I meant by it. Well, I tell you what, if I ever did that with my mom, she would have knocked me across the room. Yeah. Keith, how old are your, your twins now? Uh, they're 12 now, dude. They just turned 12 back in August. Wow. And uh, they are more advanced and have more information and knowledge in them um, than I did when I was probably uh, 17 or 18 years old or older with well, certain just because of the internet and yeah. you know their, the social media and everything, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I grew up when I did. You know, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same with Jacob. I mean, he's how old is he now? He he's 15. I would certainly say that oh, at, 15, at 15, he's got more knowledge, more experience, more common sense that I had than I had at 45. You're doing the right okay. job. You're doing a great job, yeah. then, dude. Well, that's good. It's good, and then. Of course, we've got the got the new one, which came along, you know, which was she was born in in January, so she's nine nine months yesterday, actually. Yeah, dude, I saw that post and, and I was just like, oh my goodness, yeah. wow, that is really cool, man. Yeah, you know, we'd been talking since we met Michelle. Said, oh, I want a blue eyed little girl one day, and we kind of put it off it was never the right time and, and as you guys know the art business is up and down you get good months bad months good years bad years and there's no safety net for you you probably don't earn enough to build up a sizable savings that see you more through more than a couple of months um and i think like most entrepreneurs most self-employed people you're so focused on your business you also have this concern that anything that that, that gives a major interruption um not sure interruption is the right word but a major diversion distraction. distraction yeah that's a better word from that you know you always have this inbuilt kind of anxiety that god if i go down this route that'll be the end i won't be able to concentrate on my work or develop my business or or whatever i think it's probably quite a common you know thought process or anxiety process that that uh that we go through but yeah. no it's it's absolutely wonderful um Jasmine's a she's we call her Jazzy. She's nine months now. She's she's absolutely beautiful. She's adorable. Um, she's, Is she sleeping through the night yet? No, no, she's not. No. Um, I remember these days, man. It's uh, yeah. 
she's uh, not only that she's very very kind of active she's into everything so she'll wake up during the night and she'll want to play she'll be squeaking and chirping away and throwing her arms and throwing her legs away uh, around you know and Michelle tells me about it in the morning because I'm in the spare room. <laughs> Dude, my wife and I uh, make sounds and move and we keep each other awake. So, you know, it's it's very rare that we actually sleep together in the same bed, you know, unless something's going on. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Well, guys, I, I looked up last time and just to refresh everybody's memories that we all uh, saw each other's faces was actually at uh, in San Diego. We did a live one with at uh, Jim Dyche. Oh, that's right. At the museum. At the right. Museum. Of course. I forgot about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Your little setup studio there. Yeah. And that was uh, episode 58. And before that was episode number seven. So, wow. You know, you're one of the first people we reached out to help get this podcast going. And we always appreciate that from you, you know, and, uh, you know, it's grown so much. You know, we're on season five. You know, wow. we're pretty much, uh, we have over 200 episodes of just. Look at our new design. Look. <laughs> we started off with that nice little, you know, I'm sitting there going, mm -hmm. and, you know, James has a nice smile and everything. And everything's perfectly, you know typeset and everything and then you know just not long ago i was like you know we're not that anymore you know we're we're kind of a little little bit different you know and i'm a little crazier now and, and we need something like that so yeah no, i think i think that's all good though because you know i think you know there's some things particularly creative industries that if you do try and get too professional it kind of distances you from your audience so i'm sure you guys could go and buy the best gear and have an amazing studio set up that looks like cnn or fox or something like that and do the podcast there but i think then you lose a relate related relatability i think as well. absolutely i think for us it's like we want to get as you know it's it's like enjoyable for us too so you know when, last time i saw a teacher there's so much stuff i haven't even caught up with him you know so this is a nice way to catch up and uh you know, if the audience is like our friends, they hang out with us, like, you know, they reach out to us. And like yeah. I said, it's just like this natural kind of like a, a chronicle of our artist journeys. And uh, Dude, it's totally therapeutic for me. You know what I mean? Um, I talked to my buddy who's younger than me, you know, he's got a great and everything. <laughs> gives me yeah, a lot of great uh, artists. I get to talk to really cool people like you that, that give me great energy and inspire me and everything. And, uh, you know, if, if whoever we're interviewing feels like that, they're getting something from this. And um, then there's the neuroplasticity, you know, that, that's, that's a, I don't know if you know what that means, neuroplasticity, I've, from what I've heard, it basically means when you do something for somebody and you don't expect anything in return, there's actually a physical um, uh, healing type of uh, energy that you get from it, that you can actually heal yourself physically with certain ailments and stuff. Yeah. And so I've noticed that, uh, it, yeah, it's almost like having therapy for me, really. So, um, Keith, yeah. you, you still live in Los Angeles and you do something for people without expecting anything in return. <laughs> yeah. Dude, seriously? Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's so, it's, that's so funny to me because, like I said, I feel like, I never really thought about that. It's, it's <laughs> like in LA, you know, everybody's time is, is so valuable because uh, everybody's trying to get something going, you know, and a lot of times it has to be a, a mutual beneficial thing like uh, you know and and for, yeah. for us like i said um you know i, I personally i i just you know we just do what we want but i totally know what you mean nick i, mm. I think everybody a lot of people in la are very self-involved i was just you know having a kind of an artist moment earlier today because there was this chick that i used to uh dj with and now she's like djing and really really actually open you know your buddy's above and beyond she's actually yeah. opening for above and beyond oh fantastic and, uh, yeah. you, you know the funny thing is like i kind oh. of just used to hang out with her when she wasn't a dj and now she's kind of getting bigger and bigger and uh, part of me feels like and she won't respond to my messages anymore <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but it's just like one of these funny things that as artists you know we kind of deal with that sometimes and uh um you know it's just funny that you bring that up so you know yeah. this is nice therapy for me too you know i think everybody's yeah. busy at the end of the day and uh, like i said no hard feelings you know? you know i i think as well you know our goals our priorities our focus 
constantly changes and sometimes it's good coming back to something after a period of time you mentioned above yes. and beyond and they were playing here in la at the yeah. weekend and john o texted me hey we're coming to la do you want do you want to come to the gig you know i usually have access all areas which is you know it's great Amazing. experience yeah but then michelle my wife said that her friend of hers is having a halloween party just just near culver city and we're going to take the baby. So I opted to go to a Halloween party with Jazzy, with Michelle <laughs> dressed as Cruella de Vil, and me and the baby dressed as Dalmatians. <laughs> I, I did that rather than go to the Bank of, is it Bank of California Stadium with 25,000 people <laughs> to, to access all areas with above and beyond. But, wow. you know, I... I yeah, like Keith knows this. You just want to be there oh, every dude. minute of their development and see and experience. If you can, if you can, there is there really is nothing that feels better, you know, than doing something for your kids and them getting something out of it. There's yeah, really yeah. nothing that feels better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I can't wait. You know, I'm sure, uh, again, James, you don't have children, do you? No, I, I've, been convinced, I've been convinced to not have children, actually. No. Well, that's, that's fine. I just I don't want to exclude you from the conversation. No, no, no. I, I, I actually, I, I love to hear about, you know, um, people who have children so I can f gain some empathy. Because normally when people talk to me about children, they just tell me, like, you know, they start telling me what they eat, you know, and, it, <laughs> and things like that. And, like, I'm like, uh, why do you think well, this is? Well, a lot of times I tell so them I think... the hard times that I'm dealing with with it. And I'm like, dude, don't exactly. Worry kids okay yeah. unless you want to lose your ability to just go out and do whatever you want whenever you want I you personally... know accomplish something that takes doing something whenever you want however you want don't have kids don't no. get married yet no. when you're ready to give that up and do something that you're able to put like maybe 25 or 30 percent of your time into and still succeed then you can think about having you know family yeah i think that, no I, I've, I've taken that advice like really uh, to heart because uh you know especially like in uh you know asian traditional cultures like i think it's just natural get a job have children you know put your mm. put your uh, expectations onto the next generation <laughs> i actually do live vicariously through uh, james sometimes you know he tells him <laughs> the things that he's doing and everything and i give him a hard time you know like, fuck you you fucking asshole you know and just or you, you wanted, or you decide you're going to go then and there, and you did it, and then you had a great time and everything. But then, you know, luckily there is a part of me that's like, man, you know, he's having a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Look at that, and I'm smiling. You know what I mean? So, it makes the show more interesting. If we both were just dads with home with children, then uh, you, you know, then we'd be talking about what they they eat and stuff. You, you know what yeah. I mean? But <laughs> you know, I I wasn't a father till. Uh, I mean, like I'm, I'm 58 now, so I was like 50, 57, which was really old. And that completely goes against everything that I kind of believed early on, because my parents were always older than my friend's parents at school, not by much, probably 10 years. And I was like, oh, they're old. And like, you know, my wife's 20 years younger than me. And yeah, so, the, but, you know, we, which is a good thing, because it, you know, kind of keeps me young. It keeps me thinking, shit, you know, I've got to achieve so much more now, you know, I've got responsibilities but there's nothing that i don't do now um that i wouldn't have done 20 30 years ago the only you're, you're a pretty healthy guy i mean yeah you know, yeah the only thing is really, it is a really a situational thing i yeah. believe there's some people that make i think like me a heck of a lot better father when i'm older and more calm mm. than i was 15 or 20 years ago yeah, I uh, totally agree. I know yeah. For a fact, I would have struggled a lot more. Um, I was nowhere near uh, starting to meditate or anything like that. I had a lot of anger in me and, and just uh, a lot of self-sabotage going on. And um, luckily, I was smart enough to know that that was not the right time. But once that time passed, you know, um, that's why I think that it's a situational thing. Some people don't have that, you know, and they, or if they do, they're able to deal with it and, and still, you know, have great relationships with their kids and everything. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you, you can't really say one way or the other, you know, yeah, really yeah. who, you, who you're dealing with. I must say there's one thing I'm really looking forward to, and that's when she's a little bit older, taking her into the studio and her coming to, you know, 
1500 square foot studio with paints and cnc machines and spray oh, food yes. and her just thinking that's perfectly normal and the experience <laughs> and the opportunity that, that kids that grow up thinking that everybody's living the same life that they are you know mm. the school she'll go as low so what's your daddy's studio where is it where is it mm. yeah so um i mean i remember jacob going to um going to school i think his first school and you know he, he was so my daddy does graffiti he does illegal he goes out at night and they get chased by the cops and this kind of stuff but he would say it in a kind of proud kind of way and then it became perfectly normal for him when other kids would, would come up to him and say hey is your dad plastic jesus and he'd say yeah you know and that would be it you know <laughs> nice absolutely man that's yeah. that's something great that um you know one of the things that this can actually do for you you know when you yeah do it for as long as you and I have done this, you yeah. know, it's like, we're just trying to get out there and get some attention to, um, you know, make some sales or make some money or whatever. When you've done it, you know, for as long as we have, um, it's, you know, it, it takes a special type of person to do that, you know, to give that much, not expect anything in return, you know? So I Nick, think- I've been here in LA doing, this, doing the same thing, giving and not expecting any return for that stuff you do in the streets. Well, you know, I'm still doing the same thing. And I think like most artists, at some points you deviate from that because it is a tough gig in terms of oh, income, yeah. in terms I of marketing. Yeah. I haven't gone out for a while. Yeah, you know. And then obviously we've got to talk about COVID. COVID there's no point doing street art because nobody was going out in the fucking streets so nobody would see your art. <laughs> but, you know, the important thing for me is, you know, all of my pieces come from a a space inside me there's always some kind of underlying underlying cultural message or opinion i'm not just there's not one piece i've created because i think it's oh, this looks good you know I, I i don't do that um and i think because of that uh you know i've, I've maintained a certain amount of integrity and maintained what i'm doing and more importantly why i'm doing it it's still all about messaging in fact um you know as we said it sometimes since we spoke last i was when in my early days i was known to be quite a political politically engaged artist i was doing stuff you know that was kind of engaging about news and current affairs and politics and then trump came on the scene and i was getting almost daily emails and messages saying trump has done this trump has said this what are you going to do about it exactly and yep. I did some pretty some stuff that I'd like to think was quite relevant and impactful, like the the wall around his star, the the bars on his star, and no Trump parking signs, and this kind of thing. But it became oh, oh no. just showing one of your pieces. Sorry, that just I just lost the signal there for a minute. Yeah, but doing political, should we say Trump uh, stuff that was as critical of Trump became too much of a focus for me, you know, and you get up in the morning and you say, what the fuck has Trump done today? And I get these messages saying, what are you going to do about it? And in terms of mental health, it wasn't good because you're trying to find an answer to such negativity all the time. And art doesn't come from a negative place. You've got to be free with your thoughts and be, I'm not saying you've got to be the fucking life and soul of the party and, you know, happy go lucky every time. But, you know, if you're feeling um, for want of a better word, down and demotivated because of culture and society, that's not going to inspire you to do great things. Well, it doesn't me anyway. I'm sure there's people that can fight back from that, but it didn't inspire me. So can I ask, were, were these people like fellow artists or were they like fans of street art or like what were these? I mean, I, I didn't know that you guys both were would receive these types of messages. Oh. That, and I kind of I mean, I empathize and I'm just curious, were they like, yeah. I, I would say from from both, I got other artists that would message me saying you should do this or you should do this about Trump has done this. You should make this piece. And my response to them was, that's a great idea. Why don't you go and do it You know, in the most tactful way? <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, I mean, great, that's a great reply, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? I agree with you because um, I was getting very political for a while myself. You know, yeah. and just like you said, when the whole Trump thing started, I, what I noticed uh, after I started doing pieces about that and in the, the administration and everything, um, I felt more negative. Yeah. You know, my energy was, was negative. 
And if you look at what I was actually accomplishing with what I'm doing with the pieces in the streets, you're either preaching to the choir, you know, and everyone's agreeing with what you've got, or you're not going to make any difference in what the other people are mm. thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're so far in a different direction that there's nothing that you can do that's going to make any difference in what they are feeling or, or thinking. No, so you're not, we're not, we're not, as artists, we're not going to convert anybody. The other thing, no. which is a very practical kind of logistical thought process, is if you're making, let's say for want of an argument, Trump art, people who hate Trump aren't going to buy it because they don't want that constant reminder on their living room wall. And people who love Trump probably aren't going to buy uh, art from a, a lefty, you know, woke artist anyway. So, you know, with a few exceptions, that stuff is difficult to sell anyway. People want nice stuff for their homes. Um, what I did during that time, I, I actually made this conscious decision to stop doing Trump art. And I, I did um, the first piece I just when after I made that decision, the first piece I created was uh, a melted Fender Stratocaster guitar. Oh, and, yeah. I, I, and I only did it because firstly, the piece is supposed to represent, you know, that kind of screaming guitar. So that makes you want to drop to your knees and cry. You know, that's what it's no. supposed to represent. Uh, but it was also done to get myself away from the whole political kind of mindset thing. So, you know, on the back end of it, you know, once you do realize where you're going, if you take that conscious decision to divert your course, it's not wrong. It's what you need to do. And some good stuff can come out of it as well. Absolutely. Dude, I'm getting ready to make a big change in my life because I'm going to be moving to Florida wow. to uh, take care of my dad. Right. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm going to choose that time to um, look for some kind of development um, and do something different. Um, like an artist should, you know, because I'm going to experiment with some stuff and um, I have some ideas and I'm going to try them. If I don't like them, I'm going to, you know, try something else. Yeah. I mean, that's the good thing about art and entrepreneurship. You know, if you're not happy where your art, where your business is going, you know, you can always diversity i I've, I've got a project at the moment that i'm getting some fabrication done for which means some welding um mm -hmm. and the guys that are doing it are great they do a lot of stuff for um for burning man and and this oh wow they you know they're, they're great at what they do you know basically you can throw any idea at them and they just yeah we can do it and <laughs> just you know it, whatever you want they can make materials that if you have you can you can do that yeah, so what I'm going to do once I've got this show over in, in November is I'm going to go on a little welding course. So, you know, it gives you... Oh, and, and man, so op cool. Opening up that whole door gives you a whole new medium to work with. And let's face it, the medium, a medium to, to a large extent, does dictate what you do in terms of art. At the moment, yeah. I'm sure, Keith, you're the same, is, you know, you, you create a piece and you think, well, I could do it this way, but I can't because... I'm not competent in using those materials or I can't weld or I'm no good at molding and casting or clay or marble or something. But, you know, if you break down these barriers, then, um, you know, then I, I think just to kind of interrupt my own kind of thought process here, it's, it's so easy to look at the skills and tools you've got and think, right, what can I make with these skills and these tools? But what we should be doing is saying, right, this is what I want to make. What do I need to make it? So you're coming from a complete 180 degrees. A couple of years ago, my wife asked me if I wanted a 3D printer for Christmas. And I've had some 3D printing done by outside companies. And whilst in a way I'd love to have a 3D printer, I think it would it would interrupt my thought process where I would have this 3D printer sitting there. I think, right, I've got this 3D printer. What can I make? Mm -hmm. Where in actual fact, I should be thinking, right, this is what I want to make. What do I need to make it? Right. Um, you know, that's, as, yeah, that's very as, creator, as creators, I'm sure you guys can so let your tools that as well. rule you. You rule the tools. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a quote. <laughs> no, I, I, de I definitely feel I, I think I think it's really important what you're saying, Nick, because I mean, in music, a lot of times it's really, really easy for a lot of artists to be like, oh, I'm so 
creative and uh you know you just don't understand my stuff <laughs> and that's why i'm not famous or whatever you know what i mean and i think that at the end of the day um it, you know really really sitting down and breaking down like what you want to make and really really like getting down to okay what is everybody looking for what is exactly you know just focusing on the details instead of saying like hey i'm just going to sit here and be creative yeah. like uh it is it's really important i think i think to have kind of like a focused direction i think and yeah. uh, i i've learned that kind of in the past few years uh especially in the music industry but, I, uh, I think what what you're saying there to, uh concerning music is so relevant because uh, you know i i you, in my teens i was into into bands and playing music synthesizers like, right yeah exactly that's yeah. right and you know, as you try that process, you you get these synthesizers or you build them or whatever, and you're making all these amazing sounds. Yeah. But you get so wrapped up in the technicality of it. And in fact, my buddies above and beyond the way they write stuff, and they're doing EDM, they're doing dance music yeah. filled with electronics. But the way they start writing is on an acoustic piano, just working out the basic chord structure for the piece. Yeah, they had and, a um, they had like an acoustic. <laughs> these guys teach these guys are like basically like i don't know i, I always consider them the beatles of uh trance music or electronic yeah. dance yeah. music yeah. basically so like uh, one, that's one of the, like, a compliment right yeah and then like i mean they had like an acoustic uh touring yeah. for a little while which is really amazing because it just goes to show you that i think you know a lot of people just think oh techno yeah okay there's a lot of lasers and the you know lights and things like mm. that but it's like the true true songwriters i mean it's all the same you, you know in terms of uh you know, starting off with the melody and like uh, yeah. uh, writing some lyrics is, and, and things like that that touch people, right? So uh, they were yeah. able to take that whole electronic dance thing and convert it into an acoustic set. You know, you can get dressed up in a tuxedo and take your grandma or something like that yeah. too, right? So uh, really, really interesting stuff they're doing, man. Um, you ever miss music, Nick? I mean, in terms I, of... I do. But you do some. Your, I, your son I, no. plays, plays drums. I see, you, you know what I mean? I, Sorry, this side, I'll mirror it here. Yeah, Jacob, he's great at drums. I, I do miss it. Um, I've I got any keyboards. I got one synthesizer now, but it's in the top of a closet. I, I just simply don't get time. Um, it's still my goal. One day, you know, when we get our house and we've got enough room to have, you know, a little studio set up there. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just something that, uh, you know, when I was doing music before, you know, you got a synthesizer, you switched it on and you had two buttons on your tape machine a play button and a red record button that's what you did and you recorded now fuck you gotta boot up this software and you gotta yeah go no i mean set the time a lot of decisions to make oh, i fuck, tell people you know? and by the time i've done all that fuck it i'm done with this you yeah know? no i mean i tell people like yeah really, it's tired yeah i wish i would have started producing in the 90s or sometimes mm. I, w I don't know if i did or not because it's like it's so complicated now and the competition is levels just so high yeah, it's like you really, really have to know what you're doing. I just recently got uh, Juno 06A through, oh, for, the, for, the, for the synthesizer right. nerds. Yeah. We're gonna nerd out for a second, but it's the combination of the Juno 60 and yeah. uh, uh, you know the new one, and it's like yeah. you know, this little small little thing. You know, it's I feel so blessed that I didn't have to go through the period of time in the 90s where these like synthesizers and things take up your whole room. I mean, you could still be that way if you want, you know what mm. I mean? But uh, it's just, I just feel like sometimes it's like it was easier back then. You could have caught a wave, you know, but I think like, you know, in order to keep going, like how above and beyond and uh, a lot of guys had, you just have to, you know, can't fall off the uh, the creativeness and continue yeah. to improve yourself every single day as an artist, man. You, you know, and yeah. I think that that's what I get most from this podcast is, you know, learning from guys like you guys that have been in the game for so long, what the mentality is too, you, you know, that you have to keep, keep yeah. going too. And uh, I find- Nick, I got a question for you. What was the per first piece that you did after your child was born? Like on the streets, what was the first piece you did? Ah, uh, what was the first piece? Have I done, I haven't done a piece on the streets since, uh, since Jazzy's been born. Um, Not because of any conscious effort to not do street pieces, but, I just haven't had the time to be honest. Yeah. I'm uh, believe me, can bro, don't do it two at a time. Yeah, you're all, you know, you want sympathy or help? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 you did it right, you know, one at a time. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah right. it's, it's you know, uh, for the past couple of years, I've been busy in the studio, stuff has been selling reasonably well. So, I've got two assistants that work with me now, and they're, they're great, they really are because they, as an artist, you know. 
you need to be creating new stuff. And if you're tied up with the daily production of what you do, um, you guys have probably seen these champagne fire extinguishers that I make. They're, they're yeah, really popular, they're selling well. And there was a time where it's just me and Rachel, my assistant in the studio, and we'll be both working on those. And, you know, we'd have a backlog of three, four weeks of orders for those, which is a great problem to have. <laughs> Did you want my sympathy there, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And, you know, it got to the point where, well, I thought, you know, firstly, this is not it's not creative what I'm doing. Yeah. I've created the piece, but it's not developing my own creative the production. The, yeah, uh, exactly. And so. Reproduction. Oh, you're showing your piece now. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I wasn't. Yeah. Sometimes it yeah. loads a little bit slowly. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I decided I got, to, I've got to get more help in as well. So I've got another, another studio assistant now, D who's, um, uh, she's great as well. I actually met her. Um, I met her out on the streets during protests because you guys have probably noticed that in the past two years, since the big George Floyd protest, I've got back into shooting, um, you know, news type stuff as well. Sure. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's only because, you know, for 20 odd years as a news photographer, I remember seeing literally the country explode with riots in minnesota and you know across the, across the country and there was a a big protest planned here in in los angeles and i was watching these i was watching i'd be glued to a site called woke.net i don't know if you've come across it you guys but during protests they live stream so i'd be watching sometimes up to 20 live stream feeds across my street street yeah across my screen in the evenings with all these riots in new york in minnesota and you know here in la and, and i'd be sitting there absolutely glued to it and then yeah you know, i'd have the local police scanner on in the in the distance as well and it's yeah it's, live action it's really great to do that 11 o'clock at night and then try and go to bed and wonder why you can't sleep but <laughs> you know i i was talking to my wife I was, and i said to her one evening i said I can't sit on my hands anymore. I've got to get my cameras out. I've got to go out and start shooting this stuff that's going down. It's so, it's so important as a place, uh, as a time in the country, you know, uh, whatever. So, um, I got my cameras. Out. Document, yeah, yeah, to to tell the story of what's going on in the nation, and to yeah, as you say, to document it. So, I went to the closet where my cameras were and got them out and kind of literally. Blew the dust off. All the dust off. Yeah, it was. It was like it was like a fucking Rambo movie. Here I am, you know, <laughs> dusting the lenses down and putting the body armor back on that's a bit tighter than it used to be. You know. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I got out there and started shooting stuff mainly for my own sanity. You know, I get stuff by new, used by news organizations at the moment. But believe me, the way the news industry has gone, it's it's not for the money anymore. But uh, you know, it's it's for the enjoyment. Everybody's got a camera now with the phone, you know. Yeah, but to and say good that good quality camera too. I mean, good grief. Yeah, you know, for fifteen hundred bucks, two thousand dollars, you can get a great quality, you know, mirrorless camera now. Or as you say, I, I know guys out there that are serious with news photographers and serious documentary filmmakers, and they just go out with with their iPhone thirteen, their iPhone fourteen, or or whatever, and and, and shoot it. And sometimes that's the best option because. You know, you're not a target. You haven't got, you know, twenty thousand. Oh, that equipment looks like a magnet for certain people. Yeah, exactly. Usually the police, because they shoot you, they try and shoot rubber bullets. I've, uh, I've got a. You got hit by rubber bullets? Yeah, from the George Floyd protest, I had two big Nikon cameras around my shoulders. I had my press card hanging around my neck, and there's one, uh, the big George Floyd protest here in LA, which descended into a riot. Yeah. I was on Third Street and there was a cop car that was on fire and there was this smoke just billowing over the top. Wow. And there's about half a dozen cops were kind of walking through this cloud of smoke. It looked like something out of the apocalypse, you know, or something. Um, so Sage designers can't even get that, you know? Oh, no. I mean, you couldn't recreate it. So I pulled my camera to my eye. I'm nowhere near the protesters at this point. They're all over here and I'm just on the sidewalk here. So I pulled a camera to my eye and I looked through the viewfinder. I see this cop with one of these less lethal guns pointing straight at me. So I let go of the camera with this hand, pulled up my ID, and uh, oh, the, yeah, that was Wee Spa, wasn't it? I think, yeah, oh, okay, sorry, I thought it was wrong. No, wrong no, that was brother, that's Wee yeah. Spa. So I pulled up my camera, my ID with my left hand, I shout, I'm media, I'm press, and as I did that, 
Uh, oh, he thought you were walking out. No, 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 not at all. He still shot me with his with it with a less lethal gun. I can. Um, Where did he hit you? He hit me on the upper thigh, just between my knee. Uh, the whole upper thigh of my right leg was like this purple bruise for about a week afterwards. I got hit by another one as well, and I, and I got you know beaten with some batons as well. And this is after I identified myself. You know, it wasn't you know it, it didn't oh. take anything to identify me as media. They just didn't care. Um, oh my god! In fact, as part of this lawsuit, I've got about four hours of body worn video from from the cops as part of the our discovery, and it's absolutely fucking shocking. It really is. You've got cops. Senior cops saying to other cops that are out there, uh, you know, saying to these cops that are there beating people with their batons, fucking hit them harder, let them have it, fucking jab them, jab them harder. And wow, it's, it's quite, yeah, it's, it's shocking to see. It really is. It really is. Dude, I just uh, holy cow, man. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. hardcore, dude. Mm. I mean, you know, thank you for going out there and uh, taking those powerful photos for us, Nick. I mean, like, you know, it's people like you that help us. Be informed so uh yeah i can yeah. share some of these with you when we're you know offline from this if you if you want them as well yeah I, i'm pulling them up nice. I, I, I have this one right here and the, i mean i don't know if you took this one but it's on your page and i was just it's just like this is just like a very telling oh one. dude oh my god this is just like uh, very, no that's not one of mine you, you, james you're really good at pulling oh, no, up pictures that i didn't take <laughs> Sorry. um no, these aren't yours no yeah that's yeah that's okay. one of mine yeah um, okay but anyways, um, oh god, no. is like this said, is this is this my Facebook page? This is this yeah. is your Facebook. Yeah, yeah. you're just gonna see loads of fucking baby pictures now. You could be forever strolling across, scrolling through baby pictures if you carry oh, yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, it's it's really interesting to see the evolution of your uh, artist too, because I I think it's just like you know you're so involved, honestly, putting all this different stuff outside all the time and. You know, having a b baby, obviously, this is uh, taking up most of your time, I, w I would imagine, right? So, uh, yeah. You know. Well, the good thing is about go stepping back into my old shoes or my old bulletproof vest, so to speak, um, is that, you know, I've got I've got three, three brand new pieces in this show that were based on my experiences at these protests. And in fact, one of them is, um, actually, I told you I met Dee, my assistant, out in protest. In fact, one of them is a very powerful shot of her at a protest and i'm you know by 48 canvas and it's actually a picture that, it's actually a picture that appeared on a double page spread in the guardian newspaper so i've taken that picture created a canvas from it so you know it's it's it, for me it's important and for me it's um you know i'm i'm, I'm pleased i did it because it kind of two ties the two the time the two i wouldn't call them careers uh you know obviously they are careers but the two what am I looking at? Focuses of my life together. It it ties up the the news element and the creating trades. You can call them two trades. You know? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Can, can I ask you? Uh, uh, just because you know, I'm looking on your page and you've done a previous piece on Kanye, and uh, you know, mm. Kanye's in the news a, a lot recently. For, wow. uh, you know, it's just like. Uh, it, obviously, like I said, it's just if you don't know, uh, you know, he said some really anti-Semitic yeah. things. And uh, for me, like, I just think that it's like, man, obviously, this guy's, you know, can't be saying those things. He should be losing his sponsorships. But I also feel like, man, this guy's like off his rocker. He's a mental health patient. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. to me, it's kind of like this. I feel for him as a mental health patient, but not obviously you can't just be. <laughs> saying thing, crazy well, things like this you, you, know, you know what i mean so i don't know i'm kind of i feel bad i feel like nobody loves this guy like truly wow. you know you know what i mean he has like no friends to okay him. he doesn't love himself well you know i think how and i was discussing this with my with my wife earlier actually about kanye um yeah i did the gold oscar statue uh, and called it false idol and you know it had on on a plaque thou shalt not worship false idols and i've always believed that kanye as a musician as a creator is hugely talented hugely talented you look at what he's what he's done you know what he's created and and the reach that he's had with that but as james as you say he clearly has some mental health problems and whether it is as keith said you know, he loves himself, whether it's a certain element of narcissism and paranoia, 
what I mean, I'm no psychologist or anything like that, but there's clearly and everyone's got a combination. Of you know, anybody who has good mental health, a good balanced view and opinion of the world, probably wouldn't be coming out with the the things he's coming out with. Yeah, and you know, so we are, you know, we are penalizing him for what clearly is some form of mental health condition that he has, and going back to my penalizing the people that are giving him you know the ability to spread his word and have some kind of you know notoriety that is you know any kind of respect other than his music like look this guy's a great musician don't listen to what the fuck he says or does other than that i give him well i I agree. I agree to a large extent. Yeah, just go and listen to his music. But when you've got the the reach that he has, when you have the visibility that he has, anything that he says or does becomes news. And what saddens me is he could be doing so much good. Mm. He could be doing yeah. so much good in the world with his platform. What's I'm sure there's something great that he's done, whether it's, you know, he's got this school. I don't know whether that's good, but I'm sure he probably gives to a lot of charities. Or, or you know what? I don't but... care how many good things you do, you know, if, if what you're doing is, is, you know, causing a lot of, you know, problems and, and violence. And... Well, he's, he's spreading hate, you know, at the end yeah, of the day. And, exactly. If you're spreading hate, if you're now, spreading yeah. hate I don't care how successful you are at what the fuck you do. And regarding no. his music, I give him his first two albums. Yeah, no, totally agreed. <laughs> That's it. Agreed, and then it kind of yeah went off a bit. Now, um, I'm actually got the the full side all Oscar statue at my my show coming up, and I went into the studio um, last week, and Rachel was there, and he said, "Oh, have you heard what Kanye said today? Oh, have you heard Kanye's been dropped?" But I can't remember what the conversation was, and I said, "I said to her, you know, he's being cancelled right now." I said. Can he just shut the fuck up till November the twenty first, the day after my show? <laughs> I was just gonna ask you when your show is. That's yeah, just keep, can you just fucking keep, shut the fuck up? Keep it zipped till do what the fuck you like on November the twenty first. <laughs> well, I think it's still pretty powerful your piece because you're yeah. talking about thou shalt not worship false. Where, wait, where are you gonna have your show? Where's your show? I tell you, it's um, a location on Melrose Court, which, which uh, you know, is so iconic to both you and I, uh, Keith, you know, because that's where we started, you know, getting up and, you know, it's, yeah, it's um, a place called the LA Art Box on, on Melrose Avenue. I love Avenue. the Guilty Pleasures. That's perfect. Yeah. And it's just, just past Fairfax. Um, if people want to reserve tickets, they can, the best, easiest way is go to Eventbrite and just search Plastic Jesus event and, and they'll find it there. Tickets are free. Um, but it's the first, you know, it's the first full scale so- solo show I've ever done. Um, so, and it's taken me. I, I remember um, the first one you had uh, down near La Brea in Melrose, correct? It was. Um, that wasn't really a full scale. It's like a, you know, a pop up show or something like that. Oh yeah, that was just just a pop up for one evening, I think, wasn't it? That right. one. So I've never done yeah. a full show where I've created new pieces for, and a number of reasons for that, you know, as. As you guys know, being being in a creative industry, you get enough stress anyway. You don't want to kind of add to it by putting yourself out there. Um, yeah, and and so, in this town in Los Angeles, there are so many fucking things yeah. to do for people that to try to get someone to come to your show is yeah. really, really hard. You know, yeah. like well, if you're to go to a small town where there's not a whole lot going on and, you know, you do some crazy stuff. And there's not really much going on on whatever day you have your show. You're going to sell a lot of stuff. You're getting a lot more attention in a town like that. Yeah. However, in wow. LA, if you put something down that's really nice and the people show up and the press shows up and everything, then you're going to get a hell of a lot more respect for that. And, and yeah, just respect basically. Um, then, you know, going to any little town or whatever. I remember when you had your little uh, film uh, ex- I'm uh, Nick. You had your short film, I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, that, uh, yeah, the Patrick Green made. Yeah, you know, yeah. plenty of people showed up for that, and yeah. so you you better if you want to, you know, you better reserve your tickets because uh, you know there's going to be a lot of people there, and um, yeah, you know, like we just want always want to promote you, Nick, because uh, first of all, we love your work, and especially, uh, you know, you you helped us get this podcast off the ground too, and uh, you know, we definitely want to. Just, uh, well, you know what? Actually, I'm yeah, I'm still gonna be here by then. I'm so stoked. I was 
there was a chance I was going to be out of here around the middle of November. My buddy but, got, t- got tickets, and he was like, hey, I got four tickets. You're going with us. So uh, Fantastic. If you, if you don't see my name on there, that's because I'm going with my friend, Nick. So, <laughs> Well, there's security on the door, so you might not get past them anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Um, well, well, like I said, thank you so much. for. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and I, I love seeing – continuously watching your journey uh, as an artist too it inspires me so much uh, to see both of you guys I could do it for so long and like uh, I learned so much from both of you guys too so uh, yeah but dude I mean Nick is you know he's he's at a, at a higher level of exposure that I am and that is because of the you know the effort that he has put out there and has subjected himself to you know all the people coming at him and everything you know you don't you don't get to be great unless you have tons of people coming after you, you know, well, and no, I can, honestly, I, he's everything. and, you know, to be able to, um, to deal with that, you know, um, that takes greatness. Well, let me tell you, one of the things that I, I realized fairly early on from my first stencil piece, which was Lance Armstrong connected to the IV drip. I yeah. basically, you know, having been a, a news photographer, photojournalist for 20 plus years, I was able to email, you know, news desk at CNN and the picture desk at the Daily Mail and huffing the post that's, and get that's, what I'm about. that's that's part of the effort, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, but I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can do that. It's not that my work is probably greater than many many artists out there. It's just the fact that you know, marketing effectively, which what this comes down to is is you know, I've got this element in in my. I suppose marketing arsenal that most people won't have, and and what I get is you know if I do a street piece that that ends up on CNN, BBC, Daily Mail, Huffington Post, Buzzfeed, Vice, whatever, um, the next few days I get a flurry of emails from PR companies saying, "Hey, Plastic Jesus, we love your art, we love what you're doing, uh, we saw your piece on the on the BBC website and the Daily Mail, we'd love to do PR for you," to which I usually reply, "Well, the fact that you saw it." on the BBC and, you know, CNN. Well, makes you think I need your means I'm doing it okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know there. what? Um, I think that you're a good example of, um, you know, if you want to be great, you've got to be able to go through some hell, you know? And I think you've been through a lot of hell. And um, that's one of the reasons why you're so great. Uh, you know, I, I don't, to be honest, I, I don't agree with that at all because not not at all, you know i haven't been through hell Think about you know, it. I, Think about it. look into it you'll agree with me eventually i you know i go i go to you know i go to a studio downtown and i make art every day i wouldn't say that's hell <laughs> however you uh, however you, Nick, you got it. shot with a fucking rubber bullet okay a couple of times and and i know you've been through some crazy stuff okay yeah. and i'm not talking about right now Right. I'm talking about you have dealt with oh, it. Oh, of course, okay. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, you previously. Great, you yeah. have to be able to have deal dealt with some horrible hell. Yeah, and, and just actually, while, while you're on that, we were talking earlier about you know, um, James said you know who was emailing me suggestions with what art I should do about Trump, you know, yeah. and so on. The other thing that I get is I get a lot of hate mail. I get a lot of hate mail. No, that's what I'm talking about, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um. And when I started out, you know, back in those days, I'd put a piece up in the street and I'd get all these, you know, fuck off back to the UK if you don't like it here or you're not even American or, you know, whatever you fucking liberal fucking lefty, you know, whatever, you know. And I, 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 you know, there were times early on when I thought maybe I should be less political, less, you know, less controversial. I should tone it down a bit and, and. And then it kind of just dawned on me, no, if I'm pissing these people off, I'm doing something right. Because that's what I, you know. My, you're making my, people talk. You're being provocative. Yeah, exactly. Being exactly. Right. And, you know, one thing these people forget as well is when they come at me with all these insults and, you know, all these criticisms and all these threats is, you know, the insults, you know, which they, they send over, they kind of forget that I'm British and we do insults better than anybody else. <laughs> exactly you know sometimes so well that people don't even understand but you got them you you know and but no honestly it's just it's just so awesome to see like this new stage i don't know if it's you would consider that of uh plastic yeah absolutely dude you are now 
I mean, well, you were with, with Jacob, you were a provider before, but when you start from ground zero, you know, it's a, it's a, di a different level of being a provider and you're no longer just a survivor, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's another thing that's going to make you even greater, dude. And I, I can't wait to uh, see your show. And I look forward to, uh, you know, your future work, man. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank well, thanks for the invitation to rejoin you. I look forward to, uh, yeah, to seeing yeah, you at the come, show. Come on again. I, I mean, whenever you have anything on, we'll, we'll just, you know, don't hesitate to ask. And we're, there's always a seat for you. Thank Great. you so much, Thanks, Nick. guys. Thank you. Good speaking to you. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.